maybe we should sort of talk about what happened the other night or whatever. You realize, of course, that we can never be friends. Why not? What I'm saying is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. No man can be friends with a woman he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. What if they don't want to have sex with you? Doesn't matter, because the sex thing is already out there, so the friendship is ultimately doomed, and that is the end of the story. I hate the way you talk to me, and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots, and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Quit Playing Games is live. In the MU Quad, the love talk show that embraces controversy. Here we go. Alex and Kyle in the quad. Quit playing games with special guests Jeff Hale and guests and friends. Rock and roll. All right, all right. Good afternoon, Corvallis. You're tuning in right now to 88.7 KBVR, your student-run radio. Fresh installment of Quit Playing Games for you live in the Memorial Union Quad. Uh, beautiful day out here today. Uh, it's our Valentine's Day episode. We weren't able to, to do it yesterday because of some uh, academic obligations, but you know what? We came through today. Joining me, as always, my right-hand man, Alexander Hambone. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Kyle. I'm really excited to be out here, and I'm glad the weather is permitting for us to be out here on this lovely day. I kind of wish I would have dressed down a little bit more. Shorts, maybe a T-shirt, maybe a tank top, polo. I know. Spring is definitely in the air, and I really uh, uh, yeah. I like it. I hope this is a prequel to a nice, uh, sunny spring term. Uh, do you have a good Valentine's Day, Alex? Yeah, I think we should get into that later, you know, because I do want to talk about Valentine's Day, you know, Hallmark holiday, uh, something that... I think you and I both agree, and I think on last year's show we kind of talked about how it is a waste of a holiday mm-hmm. and a waste of time. But last year, or excuse me, last year I I was single on Valentine's Day, and I, and I did you know I didn't celebrate it. I didn't do anything for it. This year, um, being a, a a taken man uh, in a relationship, I decided to to buy into the Valentine's Day. Um, you know, everything that goes with it. I don't know what you'd call that. I decided to buy into Valentine's Day, went through the motions, you know, bought the flowers, made the card, etc., etc., and then ended up just being really disappointed later on in the <coughs> night because, you know, last night, uh, by any other standards, was a, was a normal, chill Thursday night, but by the Valentine's Day standards that I, that I set in my head, it was a huge letdown. So I just think Valentine's Day, you know... I'm not a fan anymore. I bought into it for about 12 hours, and I'm over it again. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the, the word that you keep bringing up in different forms is bought, buy, buying, and, uh, and that's a central theme around Valentine's Day, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But let's go ahead and introduce our guests. Um, a lot of kids uh, know you around campus. Jeff, uh, Jeff Hale with us here today. He's uh, an NMC um, advisor. advisor, excuse me. 
Uh, also teaches an NMC hero. He is an NMC hero. He's a legend. He's a guru. He's a it's a very wise one. Uh, also teaches uh, NMC 499 digital pornography, which has been a pretty hot commodity on campus uh, since it started last fall. Last fall, and it's now uh, 427, and it's an official class and an official uh, science, technology, and society course. Did you guys get it in a lecture hall yet? It's not going in a lecture hall for as far for the foreseeable future. It'll okay. be online because of the uh, pedagogical reasons. It's okay. uh, tough to teach that subject in a big room. So would you not like to have it in a lecture hall? There's some things that I'd really like to do about it. Um, I did a presentation earlier this week for Sexual Awareness Week that was about media and uh, sex and society. And I think that went pretty well. There's a lot of things we could show, but there's just um, some uncomfortable situations you're going to get into when you talk about behavioral aspects of pornography mm -hmm. that will probably be better done in an online environment. Yeah, some uncomfortable situations and some really good puns. <laughs> That's for sure. It's a hard class. Yeah, I want to welcome on our other two guests, uh, known around campus maybe as OSU's most desirable student-athlete couple. Some were a little bit ticked off that they didn't win the Jay-Z and Beyonce of OSU, but they did get most likely to spawn a very athletic child or something like a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a great honor, I think. Maybe uh, the white LeBron James, is that what you guys were saying? <laughs> Megan Miller and Angus Brandt. Um, informally known as Mangus, coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, you know, you guys came on last year, so, you know, meet back up with you guys a year later. How are things going? How's life? Steady as a rock. You know, <laughs> things are going good. Yeah, things are great. I think we just went to a whole new level getting that award yesterday. <laughs> yeah, did you guys do anything special to celebrate getting that award? Uh, you know, jumped around for a couple minutes, <laughs> and then it was like, cool. I don't know if Angus <laughs> should be doing a lot of jumping with his knee. <laughs> He jumps with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, just jump on one leg for now. Uh, okay, for sure, for sure. Did you guys have a good Valentine's Day? Um, it was okay. I mean, I, I bought flowers, did all, did all that thing, but um, I had a midterm this morning, so we didn't go out, and I kind of spent most of the night studying, so I don't know if I was a good boyfriend or not, but I think I we made, had to do I it made chocolate-covered strawberries and ate most of them by myself. <laughs> nice. I've got it. This might be a, a culturally insensitive question, but do they celebrate Valentine's Day in Australia? Uh, yeah, they do. It's not to the extent that it is here, but um, yeah, there's definitely people that do celebrate it, and then I think there's those that don't at all. Um, yeah, I want to be in that group that doesn't, <laughs> because I've never been good at celebrating except for like fourth grade, you know, you pass around the Valentine's mm -hmm. to everyone that's in That's when class. it was fun, when you made your own little box in front of your desk, and then yeah. everyone brought a bunch of Valentines. And, and now it's like, hey, if you have a loved one, you can celebrate it, and if not... You can't. You can't. Well, Sucks to be you. Hey, it's too extreme. You're alone. You're it's alone. It's also really annoying to the people that play that up, the singles that are like, I'm forever alone. This day is, uh, will for go down in infamy as a, just a depressing day. I'm going to mope. I'm going to drink my sorrows away. Like, that's equally as annoying, in my opinion, as people who blow it out of proportion. I think so, too. I mean, me and Angus are talking. It's not, it doesn't need to be celebrated as an actual holiday, but it doesn't mean that, like, you can't have it be a normal, fun day. Exactly, <laughs> right? And I see, I think that's what I did wrong is because I, I just got really pumped on having someone to spend Valentine's Day with because I've been alone for so many years. <laughs> and um, I just got really psyched on it and bought, like, a really sick flower arrangement did a nice homemade card. I went through like, I mean, I was really buying into it, but then non this is non-Valentine's Day related. I was really tired and I hit a wall around like four o'clock. Just, it was a really busy day, hectic week. Not, I didn't hit a wall because I was getting so into Valentine's Day. Like that's, that had nothing to do with it. But then I was tired and I didn't really want to go out and, and party. And, and I just felt like I, uh, 
Well, I just should, didn't live up to the V-Day Valentine, hype. F- should Valentine's Day be a night that you have to go out? Shouldn't it be a night that you spend with your significant other together? Well, yeah, but really? my significant other wanted to go out. Oh, okay. I guess that's a... That's <laughs> and I was just like, and I was like being Grandpa Crawford and I didn't want to go out. Well, that, that is a monkey wrench right there, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, just terrible, man. I just really let everyone down. I think the handmade card was a nice touch, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I like that you uh, pointed that out, Jeff, because a lot of people don't even go to, to that effort. And I think it's uh, even if you just, you know, make a simple card and, and no flowers, no chocolate-covered strawberries, no offense, or anything else like <laughs> they that. Were I, I bet they were. <laughs> I just think that um, going to the effort to make something for somebody instead of buying something is, uh, is something that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, and I went to a florist yesterday for the first time ever. How was that? It was way cooler than I thought it'd be. Walk us through that experience. Um, I walked in very overwhelmed. Um, didn't really know what was going on. There's flowers everywhere, obviously. It's a floral shop. And I just kind of stood around awkwardly until the lady asked if she could help me. And then she helped me, and she just had me name some, like, keywords that I was looking for in a floral arrangement. And Which co- were? Um, non-traditional, funky, no roses, and uh, pink and turquoise. And then she put together a really, really nice floral. Because I left the shop, and after dropping like a couple bucks, more than a couple bucks, but dropping a, uh, a decent amount of money to get a floral arrangement, and I was like, I can't believe I just spent such and such amount of money just to buy a bunch of dead plants to give to my girlfriend. You know, I just felt, I just felt like I could have gone to the store, bought the flowers, and put them in a vase for way cheaper. And I was really like disappointed in myself for a while. But then when I went and picked up the floral arrangement, I was like, that's why... They call him the florist. You know, that's why these guys are professionals. How was the reception? How did your significant other take these flowers? She really liked it, but the surprise didn't go off as planned because I snuck into her house earlier, not in like a creepy way. (laughs) I snuck into her house earlier and put the flowers in the living room with my card. Then I left, and then she went in the house, and I was like waiting in uh, in the parking lot next door to her house, kind of like waiting for her to like call me because she saw the flowers, you know? No, No phone call. No phone call. So I go into the house. She's, like, taking a nap, and I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. Do you want to join me for a nap? And I was like, yeah. Uh, anything special happen before the nap? She's like, no, why are you being weird? And I was like, oh, any surprises? And she's like, what's going on? So then I was like, oh, my. And then I got, like, really, like, irritated. I was like, you are so unobservant. <laughs> and I didn't yell, but then uh, <laughs> eventually she found the flowers. But the surprise did not go as planned, like, you know, that, that's problem, the, part of the problem with Valentine's Day is you kind of, like, make this plan of how it's going to be this perfect, like, motion picture, you know, Friends-esque, you know, like the TV show <laughs> Friends, Friends-esque day, and, it, you know, if it doesn't end up like that, you're just going to be disappointed, and so I think you just got to go in with no expectations, and... Because yesterday was a great Thursday. It just wasn't a great <laughs> Valentine's Thursday. It sure is a day of disappointment, isn't it? It and is it a day of disappointment. Of I thought that I, since I finally had a girlfriend, it would be a great day. And now I'm just left even sadder than before. Well, Jeff, you're the, you're the one thing that's not like the other here. You're a married man. What did you do for Valentine's Day? Yeah, absolutely nothing. I, we recognize it as a Hallmark holiday as well. And after 35 years of marriage, uh, you start sorting out the things that are important and things that are not. And, uh, you know, something like a Valentine's Day expenditures, uh, you know, we probably go out to dinner or something. My daughter's uh, here visiting, so we'll probably do something like that. Um, but not in celebration of Valentine's Day, just in the ongoing activities that you do. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's um, again, a Hallmark holiday. It's, it's, it's all about commercialization of the holiday. It's not about expressing love. You should be doing that 24-7, 365. 
366 on leap years. There you go. Man, maybe you can take a day off on leap years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the eyes of Jeff Hale, it was just another sunny winter Thursday in Corvallis. That's correct. Yeah, see, I think what I did wrong was I just, like, totally allowed myself to buy into this concept of had to make it, like, the most romantic day possible, and that's when I got let down. <sighs> well, what's the main... What's the main reason to blame for this uh, this huge stigma around Valentine's Day? The media, Probably. how people have treated it for the last couple of years. Because do you guys even know the story of of St. Valentine? No idea. No. I'm trying to cipher through this article and find just the important pieces, but I'll I'll, I'll see what I can get here. We did get a tweet in um, from. We'll call him Will, because that's his name. Uh, he tweeted at us, kissed a girl on Valentine's Day and woke up with bronchitis the next day. Hashtag FML. So that's, uh, that's, a, great, that's a great Valentine's Day. You know, the gift that keeps on giving viruses. Yeah. yeah. Those the, that's the dice you roll, though. I, I, mean. I, I wondered, wouldn't you notice that she had bronchitis? <laughs> Should she have a hacking cough? Yeah, a hacking cough? Yeah, you think? Mucus uh, in the lung area. Something I would definitely notice unless... I turned around and there the person was, and I, I don't yeah, just I didn't know. Yeah, just a. It's Valentine's Day. Everyone's trying to get one on the board. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you, well, well you see the bronchitis, you're like, eh, it's not HPV. So. <laughs> it's all about going to your friends the next day and being like, yeah, I got some on Valentine's Day. You just leave out the part about that she had bronchitis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Will could have totally not told us that and been fine, but now that we know, it's like, dude. No, but at least he got one on the board because, like, you know, it's good, good for him. Yeah, you gotta find the silver linings. I mean, I will say this. Yesterday we got on the bus at eight eight o'clock to head to our eight thirty class and the bus driver the shuttle driver each she gave us each a chocolate. That's and awesome. Honestly yeah. made my day. Like it started my day off great. She was like, Happy Valentine's it's Day. The little Enjoy things. your day. It was awesome. Wait, so yeah. let me ask you, if if she did that on any other day of the year, would would like set, set your day is equally still it would have been it. awesome <laughs> but it, that's the thing it doesn't happen on any other day that's right and that's so we should just go around giving out chocolates but every I mean, day but i mean it's a shuttle driver can she afford to buy you know a bag of 100 chocolates every single day that's true right know? and if she was handing them out all day that's more than 100 chocolates that might, awesome. that might even reach the, the 250 mark you know that's well that's if it wasn't a uh, holiday it mm -hmm. would have been more like a random act of kindness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And those are those are the things that can be really rewarding. Just helping somebody out, going out and passing out flowers or something like that, uh, letting somebody in line in front of you at the store. Just some basic uh, kindness acts. Yeah, uh, waiting on the street and parallel parking for somebody. I know a lot of people struggle with parallel parking. Oh, helping them, guiding them. them. <laughs> That's something that I would really need some help with. I'm a terrible parallel parker. Well, you know, usually people come on Quit Playing Games seeking advice, and Kyle and I do our best to you know, use our wide range of experience to help them out. But today I'm looking to our panel for some advice. How do I make up for my, my Valentine's Day? Because I think I did, you know, she won't say it, but I think I let my girlfriend down because she really wanted to go out last night, and I was just, I just wanted to stay and eat pizza and watch the Clippers game. And so, <laughs> which they won, killed the Lakers. It was awesome, so I have no regrets there. But, I mean, what do I do today or this weekend to kind of make up for my, uh, I'm not going to say my wrongdoing, but, you know, when you when you let someone down, especially someone, you know that you're in a relationship with, how do you make up for that the next day? Especially you two, most desirable couple on campus. Um, how do you guys make it work? Well, like you, I feel like I let down my girlfriend on Valentine's Day, having to study for my midterm, and you know not being able to take being able to take her out for dinner. So we're doing it on Monday to make up for it. So I mean, that would be my advice: to just go out sometime this weekend. And I like that. No, I think that's a, I think that's great advice. Megan. Yeah, I mean, 
I honestly, it didn't really bother me that, you know, we stayed in. I mean, I don't feel let down or anything, but if you honestly feel like your girlfriend <laughs> is let down, maybe you do take her out, show well, her a nice time, throw, go I'll, out on the town. Yeah, I'll throw another wrench in there. Um, half the reason we stayed in is so I could work on this assignment this morning and end up sleeping in, so I'm just a bad person. <laughs> I'm just a bad person. Does she know you slept in? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your take, Jeff? What should uh, yeah, Jeff? Well, you got to set you got to set your priorities, right? And there's other things that are gonna <laughs> interfere with your love life. Um, I'm not too sure you're starting off in the right place. You know, I mean, did you do anything wrong? Really not. Um, I don't think you need to feel guilty or beat yourself up for it. Um, just move on to the next opportunity. If there's something this weekend or something next week, um, I think you go back to normal. You move back into just. Uh, doing the sweet, nice things that you normally do for each other. Yeah, thanks. And and Kurt Hagen tweeted and said, you let two people down last night. Sorry, Kurt, didn't come to your show. But that was on the agenda of things we were going to do. So so don't feel special, Kurt. I let a lot of people down all the time. So don't feel like I'll just let you down. I think Jeff hit it on the head. I think that you're putting way too much thought and emotional stock into this uh, letdown. I mean, did she even... I mean, you didn't go out, but no. how does that make it different than not going out last weekend? Did you guys stay in last Saturday night, too? Yeah, just know, because she really wanted to go out last night. We had plans to, like, go to a couple parties. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Uh, well, here's what you do, Alex. Uh, you've heard of Snug Bar? I know you've heard of Magenta. Yeah, Snug Bar's the, uh, the basement yes, bar, the right? Yes, the speakeasy basement that's down, um, like, in the, in the bottom of it. I think it's open from, uh, like, 9 to 12, Friday through Sunday. Take her there. Get her some nice drinks. Bye. And then oh, I've already bought a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> well, if you're feeling if you're feeling as bad as you do, or as bad as you seem, you do. I just feel bad because I don't like letting people I love. Well, down. if you feel like you let her down, what's better than than buying her happiness back? Oh my gosh! Right? Isn't that what Isn't that what Valentine's Day just taught us? No, dude, I hate Valentine's Day. Middle fingers up to Valentine's Day. I've had a 180, maybe a 360. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a full 360. Yes. Didn't you hate it up until yesterday? <laughs> I think it was. No, that is, I hated it. Then yesterday I was like, I'm buying into this bull ass. To be honest, though, your 360 is more legitimate now because you originally hated it. You gave it a chance. And it and let me down. It let you down. It's not like you were just like, God, I hate Valentine's Day. I'm not even going to give it a chance. But you did, you know? You can't say you don't like something until you try it. you got to give peace a chance, and if it doesn't work, go to war, you know? <laughs> this expectation is going to come up each and every year, though, and you're going to have to deal with it every year. No, I think I'm going to go the Jeff Hale route. Just just Dude, erase it off early. my get white out on my calendar and paint over it. What day is Valentine's Day? I don't know. <laughs> Keep it normal. I like that. Yeah. Going back to you asking if we celebrated in Australia, I didn't know what day it was until... Probably last year. Oh, that's when, cool. When, when the first time I had celebrated Valentine's <laughs> Day with a significant other, but before that I had no idea what day Valentine's Day was. So. She's like dropping all these hints like, hey, yeah. tomorrow's... <laughs> it's today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Michael, what's today? Starts with a V. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my bet would be that when you guys were in school, everybody, when you were in elementary school, everybody had to give a Valentine to everybody else in class. Yeah. yeah. Because in my generation, you didn't have to. You just and gave them to the created, people you liked. Right. And that created all that inner class nastiness in third mm. and fourth grade and big That builds character, though. Problems. That builds character, Jeff. I think Jeff. that elementary style, it's kind of like, some people are like, Valentine's Day is the day to spread love. Not to, you know, you should spread love every day, but, you know, appreciate those around you. And I think the elementary school, hey, I'm going to give chocolate to everyone in my class. It's a little Valentine's Day card. I like that. I like elementary style. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And going back to the, the random act of kindness thing, um, think if someone were to, to give you chocolate on a random day, Maybe not you particularly, but I think a lot of people out here, they would think, 
why this is, is weird. Why is this person yeah. giving me chocolate instead of they? I think their original mind or their their mindset should actually be, wow, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's why is this weird person handing out chocolate? Is there like a razor blade in it? Is there some <laughs> sedative? Am I gonna fall asleep in my third period class? Like I don't know. I just well. That says a lot about our culture, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Well, you yeah. reminded me of something. Uh, someone we ran into before we started the show, Seth Crawford, social teacher, last year for social deviance class, made us do a random act of positive deviance. So he like made us do something really nice and random to someone. And we had to write about how they reacted, blah, blah, blah. And so I bought a random guy behind me in line coffee at the brew station. He was like, do I know you? And I was like, no, no, you don't. And he's like, can I give you money for this? And I was like, nope. I just and then I got really awkward because I didn't. How do you, we weren't supposed to tell him it was for a class. So I was like, "Nope, just wanted to buy you coffee." He's like, "Why are you buying me coffee?" And I was like, "I just wanted to buy you coffee." And then I walked away. Man, the only time I've ever been to Starbucks downtown in downtown Corvallis, uh, the same kind of thing happened. Like, uh, the person that was in front of uh, this other person bought them coffee, and then they proceeded to buy coffee. That's for cool. Everyone. And there was like a seven or eight person line. Forward. Yeah, yeah, just like that movie. Um, yeah, that's. It's, I, I just think people should really be more receptive to random acts of kindness. Not think that it's like bizarre or strange. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends has a wonderful strategy for gift giving. Um, he and his, his wife works here on campus, and what he does oftentimes is he'll bring a, he'll buy like f three or four dozen roses, and he will pass the roses out to every other random stranger that he can find. But the rose has a little note on it that says, this is my wife's birthday or anniversary or something today. And if you'd like, so this rose is in celebration of our anniversary, but if you'd like to drop it off to her and celebrate our anniversary with her, drop it off at her desk and here's where she's at, right? And she gets about probably 16 to 18 of those four dozen roses That's back cool. every year. Wow. But so you know that there are people just out there with the roses and there are people that are coming and honoring her and she's seeing people coming into her office all day and it's uh, and then other it's like, a really nice experience. You could get the rose and be like, I'm going to give this to my loved one because I want to get her a rose. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I like oh, that. What were the roses around campus earlier this week? What was that? Uh, a group of Muslim students last Friday were handing out roses. I don't know. I think it was just to spread peace and love. Like it's a random act of kindness kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think it was any like religious significance or cultural significance i think they're just trying to be nice i know people yeah. really took to it though it was like even yeah. on social media like got a rose a day feel great you know well yeah and i was reason. um you know we live right behind the brew station and i was sitting on our porch and uh every girl and you know a few guys too were just walking back with roses white roses pink roses purple roses just it's pretty pretty crazy and they mm -hmm. seem pretty juiced on it but we have to take a quick uh legal id and psa break might even throw a song in there um but you're tuned into 88.7 quit playing games love talk show uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back in a minute. Richard Burkell, National Council on Aging. As we age, our immune system weakens, leaving older adults at greater risk for the flu. Immunization is the best protection. Ask your health care provider about flu vaccine options specifically for adults 65 and older. Visit ncoa.org forward slash flu. SafeRide is a service by students for students. It runs seven days a week from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. You just give us a call and we'll pick you up. You must show student ID to use the service. With last pickup at 1 o'clock from the library and last call from around town at 1245, you can reach us at 541-737-5000 and we'll pick you up. Hmm, baby, this is DJ Heartbreaker. Quit playing games, love talk. You're listening to 88.7 KB. Sit back. Relax and enjoy the show, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back to Quit Playing Games Love Talk Show, special Valentine's Day edition live in the quad. 
Uh, thank you for Jeff Hale for stopping in and giving us your insight. It's always good to have you on the show. But now sitting in uh, for his seat, joining us is Misha Claronimos. She's a uh, she has her psych doctor doctoral degree. Uh, she teaches a wide variety of psych classes here on campus, and uh, we've had her on the show before. She I think we we compared relationships to sandwiches if I if, I, if my memory serves me correctly. Mm, that was, yes, that, that was a, that was a fun show. And um, I'm hungry. <laughs> but uh, Misha, how are you doing today? We're doing great. Good, good. Uh, did you have a good Valentine's Day? I had a great Valentine's Day. Terrific. It's a little different when you have kids and parents and whatnot going on. How, but how so? Um, you know, there's a little less intensity. I think the focus is less on the couple, especially if it's on a Thursday night. You know, mm -hmm. got to get up the next early the next morning. So would your you expectations have to be in check. Was it more of a family day? It was more of a family day. Because you're a mother of two, right? Mother of two. Terrific. Mm -hmm. What are their ages? Uh, eight and ten. Oh, wow. Good age. Sorry, eight and eleven. Oh, wow. That, and that, that has a lot of bearing when you're younger, you know? When you get older, you kind of want to slow down time, but when you're younger, you're always looking to be 12 or 16 or 18, and then about 18, you start trying to count back. Or 21, I would say. Yeah, I was laughing when you were talking about having to hand out Valentines to all of the classroom, because uh -huh. we were doing that Wednesday night, you oh, know? Oh, nice. Filling out the Valentines. I want to start doing that at OSU. I think that'd be cool if you, to every class you went, and you gave all the kids in your class Valentines. That'd be nice. Remember last year we got those Mad Lib Valentines, and those were actually really fun. Yeah, those were fun for everyone. A little sentence, you fill out an adjective and a, and a, and a pronoun, and then you got yourself a quirky little fun sentence. Mm-hmm. Terrific. What are your thoughts on Valentine's Day um, culturally? How do, how, why, coming from a, a psychology, in my opinion, genius, um, how do you how do you really think that um, Valentine's Day shapes relationships or changes relationships? Does it is it good? Is it bad? I think that there are good and bad. I think that some of what happens, kind of like what uh, Alex is talking about about his girlfriend's expectations. I think that expectations can be really um, damaging. You know, it's it's hard to live up to expectations sometimes, and I think. Women in particular have very high expectations for Valentine's Day, and that can be hard on men to live up to that. See, um, I, oh, sorry. Oh. Continue, continue. And then on the other hand, I think that it's also a time for people who maybe aren't as good or as um, uh, talented at showing their emotion, showing their love for their partner, that it's a day when they have an incentive to show their love and appreciation. Okay. And then on the other hand, I think that for couples who are doing really well, like our couple here, Valentine's Day is... Most desirable. Just another day, you know. It doesn't have to have a big expectation attached to it and that you should be acting like that day in and day out if possible. Uh, even doing the little things like bringing home a flower or, you know, vacuuming the floor, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what your relationship is. So do you think that it's just another day mentality kind of progresses and, and comes about more as you age? Do you think it's more kids in the 16 to 22 demographic that really get into Valentine's Day over the top? Oh, no. I think I think that everybody gets into Valentine's Day over the top. I think that um, in every age, the expectation for Valentine's Day is that it shouldn't be just another day. Um, but I think that sometimes saying, oh, it's just another day is an excuse not to go all out on a day. It's like saying your birthday is just another day or Christmas is just another day. How is Valentine's Day get to have that wrap? 
Right. Well, a lot of times days like, uh, you know, like Cinco de Mayo, St. Patty's Day, even Fourth of July to a big extent, they're just really excuses to get drunk and party. And I think Valentine's Day could fall into that category. It could be an excuse to, like, go and, like, you know, show your affection and do the little things like you said. Or whether you're single or with someone, you can use that. If you're single, you can use that as an excuse, like... Single celebration night, like singles awareness, let's get drunk. Or you and your loved one can just be like, you know, screw this Hallmark holiday. Let's just get wasted and forget about it all, you know? <laughs> right. I don't, I'm going to disagree with you and say that you can't group Valentine's Day with Fourth of July or I think you said Cinco de Mayo. I would say the three that I would group together is Mother's Day, Father's Day, and Valentine's Day. Because there shouldn't just be a day, let's say Father's Day, where you just call your dad and say, hey, dad, how are you doing? Like, hit your favorite fishing holes lately? Like, I love you. I miss you. You know, you should you should show that appreciation every day because, I don't know, I, I saw a tweet yesterday about it that was like, you know, oh, singles are so upset that they don't have a lover on Valentine's Day. Well, a lot of people don't have mothers and fathers on Father's Day and Mother's Day. So, I just, I think it's a day that's just blown way out of proportion. And that could come from the fact that I'm I'm the only single person in this in this booth right now or in this this group of people. But I just I do not like Valentine's Day. But that's like saying you should be upset about Christmas if you're Jewish, right? Right. Being being upset over Valentine's Day because you're single and don't have someone to to share it with is equivalent to being worried about you know holidays you don't actually celebrate. Yeah, totally. You know that's true. Or like, you know. Being a foreigner in America on Fourth of July, you know, you still want to light some fireworks and uh, drink a couple Budweisers in the back of a pickup truck. What, eating a hot dog and watching baseball. Exactly. Everybody I had a good time on Fourth of July. Yeah. How did you? Uh, how did you uh, adapt to the Fourth of July? Yeah. Well, it was during the summer. I was t I was mid summer physics, so I took a break from physics and went to a friend's party on Fourth of July and tried to do as many stereotypical American Fourth of July things as possible. I won't go into details about that, but <laughs> I would you like can make to. up your own mind about that. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty funny. Uh, this is completely unrelated to like love talk, but on this fourth, last Fourth of July, um, my friend's girlfriend from Australia was visiting and she had never been, I don't think she'd ever been to America. She'd definitely never been during the summer and her first day after the next day after she landed was fourth of july and she was with us and i don't know i was just trying to be like super american around her and like <laughs> but she didn't drink so i was just i think i just can't kind of came across as a jerk or like just an obnoxious american but that's what fourth of july is all about right is there an australian fourth of july equivalent uh yeah loosely it's we have an australia day oh it's, nice it's january 26th so uh couple of weeks ago, weeks ago. Did you celebrate here in Corvallis? Oh, absolutely. Went, went and hit the bars with all the other Australian uh, Australians that I know and a lot of them student athletes as well and it was, it was a good time. Wore my Australian flag boxer shorts out. and That's awesome. Yeah. There's pants on top of the boxer shorts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. For most of the night. <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to get back to you guys a little bit because I know you have some pressing obligations to attend to later on. I mean, most desirable couple on campus. Obviously, People Magazine's going to be here but let's talk about uh you know how is it for you guys like being a student athlete couple and then having like your picture in the barometer and they're coming and asking you questions on valentine's day and stuff i mean what is that do you guys is that just i don't know talk about that a little bit it's kind of weird sometimes i think i was sitting in class yesterday just waiting for ron seymour to get his lecture going and a couple of girls were looking at the paper and they're like looked at me and looked back at the paper and looked at me and <laughs> Is this you? And I was like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, oh my god, you're so famous. That's you. And I was like, no, no thanks. Yeah, because I mean, thanks for the most for, for the most part, no one really like. There's no like, 
to like Jay Z Beyonce couples on the OSU campus. You know, there's no like no wait, one really wait, knows you, who. What the do you, like, in, in in terms of fame? Yeah, no, I don't mean. Okay, I meant wait, like. What do you mean, like looks? What do you What do you mean by? <laughs> no, I didn't mean. I didn't mean in looks because there's a lot of good-looking couples on campus. You know what I'm saying? But th- I just talk about in fame-wise. Like, there's no, there's not a lot of couples on campus where like you and I'd be walking, and be like, hey, there's so and so and so and so. There's yeah, Jimmy. it's not like it's not like Alabama with McCarran and his girl. Exactly. Yeah, there's like, not there's nothing like that, and I don't think there's anything like that on most college campuses or just in most places. But when like the Valentine's Day issue of the barometer comes out, obviously it puts like you guys and like a bunch of other student athlete couples up on this pedestal. And I was just wondering. I mean, I don't know. I was just wondering if that affected the relationship at all. Is that? Uh, I think it. I think it was just like a a fun thing, and I mean, I don't. I don't expect anyone to like know me after that or anything. There's just like I was right next to the newspaper they were looking at. But otherwise, I think it's. it's I think we just kind of laughed it off. Thought it was funny. I mean, I didn't realize it was even happening until one of my teammates came and told me that he voted for me in one of the categories, and I was kind of like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. But when you think about it. If we were to spawn a child, it would be exactly the category we want. <laughs> yeah. So. There you go. I mean, at the very least, you guys should. Uh, Cryogenically freeze the necessary ingredients <laughs> to make a child if you'd end up breaking up, so that way some science can have it and make a child with it. That way we can go back to the barometer and be like, looky here. Yeah, look, remember that guy? Yes. We just have to make sure the genes for good knees come from Meg, not me. <laughs> you have all your bases covered that way. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, do you guys think that it's it's harder to sustain a like a really strong relationship when you guys both have like academic and sports commitments? I think it's easier because, like, I mean, if I'm really tired from practice, they're like, hey, I'm tired from practice. This yeah. I can't, I can't go out or whatever, you know. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, lots of student athletes do actually like get together and become couples, not just because student athletes see each other a lot more and whatever what the it stigma. may be, but it's, yeah. I, I think it just may be because from one student athlete to another you kind of understand the time restraints and you know you understand that they're gonna have to go and travel on road trips for maybe a week at a time and I mean you kind of just understand those commitments and you understand like oh I'm tired from practice and we can't go out tonight because I practice and studying and I mean yeah no I I totally I think it I mean I'm sure positive that it happens but uh, a student athlete dating a non-student athlete obviously they're going to have completely different obligations and completely different like realms that they're in so I, yeah I, I know that that makes sense what you're saying and when I say like a student, like I'm, I'm not saying we're more busy than other students on campus like I understand people have full-time jobs and you know all that sort of stuff but I think it's just the just I think we can relate to each other a lot a lot easier but overall on campus you kind of see people with the same level of obligations kind of dating similar dating circles like people in Greek life a lot of people in Greek life date so each I was other I say it's almost like a category of interests exactly yeah. it's like it's just the same as like hey we're both a agriculture major we both spend time yeah in the well, agriculture like, department you know especially as you get older you get higher into uh, say NMC for you guys um, you know you're gonna see more people frequently you know and you're gonna recognize people in your major and stuff like that it's really the group that you assimilate to I feel like really yeah. plays a large role into who you start dating who you see the most and from my perspective, having a, a couple that are both real busy with their own obligations, that makes for a much healthier couple, I think, than someone who spends 
all their time together all day every day rather than having two people come into a relationship as two separate people that create a couple rather than one person combining into this you know super person because they mangus uh, <laughs> <laughs> right they don't they don't understand that you each have your own thing i think it makes for a healthier relationship overall especially at you know 18 19 20 years old mm -hmm. I think Fromm said it best uh, where he said, the best love is where two separate entities come together yet remain two. And that's exactly what needs to happen because you, you have to have your own life. You can't just totally be engrossed with somebody else and spend all your time with them and, um, you know, just be doing the same, be, being around each other all day. You have to have your own space. That's I mean, Valentine's just, Day for you right there. Yeah, no kidding. you <laughs> the Fromm reference, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. You know, psychology has taught me a few things. I really like, I like Fromm. He's just all about love. So that's, that's where I really got into him. <laughs> But interesting, interesting. Do you guys think that media plays a large role in? Well, I mean, you guys are MC majors. You can tell me all about media. But do you think it plays a large role in people's expectations of uh, not only in looks but in a relationship? What to expect? What to what to? You know, I think want? those two go hand in hand, where people get this stereotypical idea of what you know a person should look like, or what a couple should look like, or what Valentine's Day should be like, and they. I think the media affects just about everything we do these days. Totally. Sets expectations at a certain level, whether or not they're realistic or not, well, doesn't at, really matter. Look at your stereotypical romantic comedy, you know, mm -hmm. from, you know, people who start out hating each other and then they end up falling in love. It's it's predictable down to the very last second of the movie and, and life is not predictable and people are not predictable and how a relationship is going to go changes day to day and couple to couple. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and I, you know, we, we, we have to learn what couples look like and what love looks like by what we observe. I mean, that's how we come to have our understanding of what love is and what a couple looks like, and most people spend a ton of time watching television, movies, even if you don't watch a lot of time watching TV, obviously you see a lot of movies, you look at magazines, you read books, everything, even, even great literature has, you know, it, there's this social concept of what a couple is and, and you, you absorb that through media. Well, with the te technological time that we're in, I mean, just look look around you. Look at these people walking through the quad. I bet a solid 40% of them will be looking down at their, at their smartphone. People are just being constantly, constantly stimulated and being, you know, like you said, plugged in the television, watching movies all the time. They're being, um, I feel like, um, conditioned, Pavlov's dogs, to expect <laughs> this, um, you know, this like picture-perfect relationship with this you know, beautiful person. I just think it, I think it sets unrealistic expectations for, you know, who you look for. A and B. Once you find that person you're looking for, what to expect in terms of happiness and sadness and, and turmoil and all that other. So, emotional. what are you saying, Kyle? We shouldn't watch movies or TV? No, I just think that you should watch them, appreciate them for what they are, and then be able to stay within a realistic realm of expectation. Yeah, I know? think that's part of growing up and going to college, getting an education, and yeah, not but not not everybody can do that. Not everyone can can go and get an uh, education, or at the same time, not everyone really appreciates having an education. Well, yeah, not everyone that gets an education learns, you know, matures and learns to to look at at a television show as a television show. And people do put like we were watching Friends last night, you know, the, some of the Valentine's Day episodes, and it's a very like stereotypical like favorite show, hands down. Oh, it's a great show. It's a oh, great. Okay. I like Friends. Um, but like, if you just watch Friends and you thought, oh man, look at. Oh, look at their Valentine's Day. It's so, like, it's so picture perfect. I need to have that. But Valentine's Day and, like, uh, relationships in general, like when a couple says, I love you, or how a couple, you know, 
does things or splits up the bill at dinner, all that's going to vary couple to couple. Like, it's not just yeah, it's because... Like, it's like a snowflake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything's different. So you shouldn't see something on TV and think that's how you have to model your relationship after. You shouldn't see Kim K and Kanye courtside at a basketball game and say, man, I need to be that someday. Because you'll probably never be that, and you'll just end up, like you said, with expectations that let you down. Well, and you, you have to, you know, also, so many of those movies or television shows, they set up relationships around turmoil, that the turmoil is what creates passion, and and also that, that relationships don't ebb and flow. You know, our, our divorce rate is at over 50% right now, and part of that is because of expectations. You know, the woman goes in with certain expectations of how the man is going to be, and vice versa, and that, that the relationship is going to be as hot and heavy as it was from the first year, and that just isn't the way that life works when you have, you know, a progression of development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not that it can't be hot and heavy, heavy again, not that it won't be, but it's not going to be 24 hours a day. Even in the beginning, it's not going to be 24 hours a day. And these movies set up an expectation that it is going to be, and if it isn't, then that means the relationship is over. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's and what you said with, with being hot and heavy at the very beginning and at the start. That kind of creates this... Uh, what they call it a honeymoon phase where you just like you keep that up for months maybe half a year maybe a year and then you know all of a sudden it just you become so conditioned to it and so used to it that it just really has no emotional prevalence it really means nothing anymore you know so I, I don't know it just takes a sense of maturity I think and uh, you know practice well and another thing you know movies and TV they want to keep the plot going and they want to keep it funny and they want to keep you know no one wants to go I wouldn't want to watch uh, an hour and a half film of my own life relationship. It'd be boring at times. It'd be long conversations, and it would just be kind of bland. There, there has to be turmoil, or people aren't going to watch the movie, and then the movie's going to fail, and it's never, no more movies like that are going to get made. So they have to put, you know, elements in there to spice up the plot, and you have to, you do have to realize that when you're watching. You know, life isn't like Friends, but you wouldn't watch Friends if Friends was exactly like real life because it'd be boring. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that movies are based on stereotypes, right? I mean, how many sitcoms have men who are just bumbling idiots with their kids, with the household, who are, you know, disrespectful of their wives and don't understand women? And that's a stereotype. That's not really what the majority of men are really like. And the same is true of relationships. There's a stereotype that gets set up in what relationships are supposed to look like and it's not real realistic. I was wondering if single people had that same stereotype going into Valentine's Day. Like, do they go into Valentine's Day looking to find a relationship from this romantic day? I wake up every day trying to find a relationship, <laughs> Megan. Um, no, I, I don't. I put I put no emotional bearing into Valentine's Day, but um, I, I, I haven't been single for 21 consecutive Valentine's Days. I've had a couple where I've had, uh, well, two with two different girlfriends, and I just, I told them the same thing. I, I just don't, I think it's a day that's just kind of, I don't know, I'd rather celebrate on a random day, you know? Well, let's go out to dinner and dinner and a movie on a Monday. Yeah, I wish someone something. would have told me that. You, you think know? there are people out that, like, that put their stock into Valentine's Day hoping to find a couple? I think one day more interesting than Valentine's Day is the day after Valentine's Day. I was kind of looking around the quad, and I'm pretty sure I saw a fresh Valentine's Day couple Ooh. walking by. How could you tell? Awkwardly holding hands, looking around and be like, hey, look at me holding hands. It's my new <laughs> yeah, boyfriend, girlfriend. You that know? seems like very much something that would happen in the dorms over and there, you know? Yeah. On that topic, last weekend, so the weekend before Valentine's Day, a friend of mine was telling his single roommate 
that he should go out that weekend because you know like ladies are looking for someone that they can you know meet up with and then have someone to take them out to dinner on Valentine's Day. Oh okay so you meet a girl you kind of lay the foundation yeah, on yeah. the weekend before then you have at least you have a Valentine's Day date if if and nothing then, more. And you then know? interestingly enough I was walking home from class and you know I couldn't help but overhear the people behind me talking and one of the girls was saying oh yeah I'm, I'm so excited I've, I've locked down a Valentine's date <laughs> and I was I was like, wow, left it to the last second, but uh, good for you. Yeah, no, it's like uh, it's like college applications. You know, you got to have your safety schools. Like, you, you put out some that you don't think you're going to, you know, you flirt with the guy in class or the girl in class that you're like, oh, I don't have a chance with. But then you also flirt with the guy or girl. You're like, they'll say yes to a date. Like, I've got them to fall back on. Because, like, a lot of people just don't want to be alone on Valentine's Day. So it is, yeah, no, that's a total thing, like. If you're single, I remember last year being single, I'm like, maybe today's the day I do like some spur of the moment romantic thing and I find love, you know? But that's just kind of like getting caught up in the moment. And who knows, you know? Uh, I mean, that you saw a fresh, fresh couple. What I believe to be a fresh. What were the signs of freshness? Well, one was looking that way. One was looking towards us here at the booth. Neither of them looking at each other. Not Neither of them looking other. forward. No talking. Awkward hand, like it didn't look comfortable. It looked forced and Ugh. like I'm. Um, hey, guess what happened after Valentine's Day? Last We're night. dating now. <laughs> They'll be Facebook official forced. by the weekend's over. Forced right. PDA. And then the people checking their phones are probably Facebooking their new Valentine or checking that new OSU confessions page. See if anyone posted about them. Anonymously confessing their love to their Valentine date last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh how yeah. They respond. I'm gonna check that out right now and see if there's any good Valentine's Day submissions. I guarantee you there will be. I there was there's pre-Valentine's Day submissions. I had two student questions over the course of the week that were really interesting that were related to Valentine's Day. One was a from a, a, a guy who had just started dating a girl within the last couple weeks, week or two. Not necessarily exclusive, but he liked her, right? He's describing this to me. And he was asking, am I obligated to do the Valentine's thing with this person who I don't even know if this is going to turn into anything. And that was a question that I got. And then the other one was, I'm really done with a relationship and Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't want to be that guy who breaks up with her the week of Valentine's Day, but I also really don't want to spend the weekend, the, the day with her. How, what oh, do I do? Oh Those man. are two Those are like ends questions. of the spectrum, right? And you know, I can't be their therapist, but you know, at the same time, those you know, those sat with me for the week, trying to kind of process that in my head, how to deal with something like that. Well, let's take that second one by the reins, because that's <laughs> I can I can see no foreseeable win out of this, because either he breaks up with her before Valentine's Day, or and is a jerk, or they go through Valentine's Day, say they have a great day or a great week, or things are going well, and then he's still not into it, and he breaks up with her afterwards. He's still a jerk. Like either way, he's he's, he's gonna lose. Or it's it a becomes lose, a lose. false a false expectation. Oh, we had a great Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Then you know he maybe starts having feelings for her again, but it 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 discounts all the problems that were causing him to think that in the first place because they had this sort of honeymoon romantic moment, and it maybe changes reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. Relationship troubles around any holiday, no matter what it is, are not ideal. Like, no. I can't believe you broke up with me on President's Day. Are you yeah. serious? How I love Abe Lincoln. No, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, around any holiday, they're just going to get, it's like salt on the wound. They're Valentine's just, Day especially. Oh, yeah. That's a tough. Or birthday. I think, yeah. I think for that guy, he's got to do it before 
because if he goes through the week and does the whole Valentine's thing and then breaks up with her, I think it's just even worse. Yeah, and that's just giving her false hope. Yeah, you it's know? like stringing her along, yeah. you know, like leading her on a little bit. I actually heard something that was really similar to that. Someone had told me that he broke up with his girlfriend maybe a, maybe a month before Valentine's Day or so be it, whatever. They were together for a really long time. He said he'd still always love her, but, you know, things just didn't work out between them. Got her flowers and chocolates for Valentine's Day, gave her a card, said, you know... I really enjoyed our relationship. Sorry things didn't work out. I, I'll always, you know, part of me will always love you, blah, blah, blah. Turned and walked away. Felt really good about it. Turned and looked back at her. She didn't read the card. She didn't smell the flowers. Didn't open the chocolates. Threw it in the garbage. Kept walking. And I was like, it's kind of similar to what we're talking about. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, that's really harsh. <laughs> that's really harsh. But, uh, you know, so is life, I guess. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's healthier, though, to mm -hmm. just... Not allow yourself to feel anything again, you know, because having that feeling of hearts and chocolates to somebody who you're not going to be with is. Yeah, that's tough. I don't even know. Uh, this reminded me of the scene in the movie Moneyball where he's trying to teach the intern how to fire a player. And he's saying you just got to give him a bullet to the head rather than six bullets to the chest. Yeah, no, I think, the, and I think that analogy is true for like a lot of things, especially relationship-wise. You don't, if you have something to say, like good news, like I don't know about good news, but if you like, when you're having a deep conversation and you're talking about something meaningful in a relationship, you just gotta like come out and say it. You can't beat around the bush right. and kind of like dance around the subject. Just get straight to the point mm -hmm. because it's just gonna be. I don't, know, I don't know if it's going to be worse, but it's definitely going to be more awkward if mm -hmm. you just kind of like, yeah, you got to give him a bullet to the head, not yeah. six to the chest. Yeah, yep. exactly. Mm -hmm. And not, not just with breakups, with, uh, with kind of any meaningful talk. Right. Well, it's the concept of really ask for what you want because nobody can read your mind. Yeah. You're the only person who really knows what's happening. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes I, I think, I like to think my girlfriend's psychic, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's me down. Mm. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> that sounds like a romantic comedy in the making. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that film. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Romantic comedy filled with stereotypes and expectations. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but with a psychic twist. And psychic girlfriends. <laughs> um, we got to take a quick PSA and uh, station ID break. We're going to probably play another song too. So we'll be back to wrap things up live in the quad for the uh, Valentine's Day special edition Quit Playing Games Love Talk Show. Stay tuned, folks. Far from the city, where the Lorax roams free, is the home of the magical truffle trees. In a place you will love, with things you'll adore us, it's a magical spot. We call it the forest. Everyone here needs the trees. And who are you? I'm the Lorax. Guardian of the forest. The forest is there for you to explore. So come once to see it, then come back lots more. I just like hearing you say it. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. People who have irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS, often experience its symptoms differently. Hi, I'm Dr. Lauren Gerson. Patients may have changes in bowel habits and stomach pain. For some, bloating is also troubling. I had so much bloating, it felt like I had an expanding balloon in my stomach. I took control and talked to my doctor. She told me I had IBS. I took action to manage my symptoms. If IBS is impacting your life, speak with your doctor and discuss options to manage your symptoms. For more information about IBS, visit aboutibs.org. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you, forever, you and me, every day. 
welcome back to Quit Playing Games Live Special Edition uh, in the quad. It's a beautiful sunny Friday day. Friday afternoon. That sounds a little bit better. Friday day afternoon. Friday day day day. Um, uh, thank you, Angus and Megan Miller for joining us and giving us your, your student-athlete uh, love and relationship advice. Most likely to spawn a professional athlete, yeah, according what, to the what's, barometer. What sport do you think that, that uh, being a boy? I'd go with basketball because Angus's height and also a lot of good basketball players are have also played soccer. Mm -hmm. or good at, or, and a lot of soccer skills translate to the basketball court. Footwork, speed. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a there's a higher priority in feet in soccer. Yeah, oh, obviously, yeah. Obviously but I'm just but hands. I'm just talking about agility and you know being dynamic and being quick. Yeah. A lot of the OSU basketball players played soccer in high school, also. Interesting. You would know that you are you are a barometer sports beat writer. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I find it funny that she used the word spawn. <laughs> is that the word the paper used? I don't know. I think I was the first one to say it, and then they started saying it. I don't know why spawn. Wow, was you were just a trendsetter. Yes. You want to spawn this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, joining us now, uh, some know her as Dr. Sex. That's what I know her as, anyway. But um, very infamous. Really needs no introduction here uh, on campus. But uh, Kathy Greaves, HDFS professor. How you doing? Well, I was going to say, I'm worried. If people know me as something other than Dr. Sex, what do they know me as? Uh, ah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't commentate <laughs> on that. I've never had your class. I've only known you from uh, from a year ago today. That's right, the only time right. that we've We were out here in the quad last year. That's right. It was much colder. It was. Raining. it was I, awful. It was. Uh, it was cold. Fabulous. It was cold this morning, and actually, it looks like all of us bundled up and yeah. were uh, ready to embrace the the Arctic thunder. But uh, what, what's your take on Valentine's Day? Just give us a quick little. Brief oh, I wrap hate up. it. I think it's horrible. It's a <laughs> sexist holiday where all the advertising and everything that's out there says women men are supposed to give things to women, women aren't supposed to give things to men, and it's a heterosexist holiday because it's nothing about lesbian couples or gay male couples. It's about men giving stuff to women. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it also there's this sort of I mean it, it sort of reminds me of like Mother's Day and Father's Day. These are the days we honor the people that we love, and then all the other days of the year we treat them like crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually referenced the Mother's yeah. and Father's Day uh, earlier today, and I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a holiday that's absolutely blown out of proportion. Uh, way too much stock, emotional stock invested. Yes. Uh, you know, I just I think you hit every point that we've talked about already. Uh, we actually we all hate Valentine's Day. Yeah. So. I used I to like it. I liked it yesterday for like 12 hours. <laughs> I had a good friend of mine tell me that, that it was worse when she was married and in a bad relationship because it put way much, <clears throat> way too much pressure on Valentine's Day that I, I kind of think my husband sucks. So this, if there's one day where he's going to step up <laughs> and be a good guy, this is it. Mm -hmm. And then when he didn't, it just... Well, he'd have to know that he sucked worse. too. Yeah. So he's like, he oh, knew. I suck. I better yeah, do something today. Okay. Yeah, okay. Was, they're not married anymore. Okay. <laughs> it sets all men up for failure. Really. It does. It absolutely sets them it's up for like failure. It's like Facebook depression, right? Because uh, you have uh, men who you see other couples and, oh, he went all out and he must not love her oh as my much gosh. as he loves her. And Total yes. in, uh, Instagram. I don't know if uh, you all are familiar with the uh, Instagram social media. It's just pictures. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was just 
It was just Valentine's Day vomit all over Instagram. Like, you know, you heart, were complaining. Heart shaped everything. Oh, you were complaining to me about it, but even myself in a relationship, I couldn't deal with it. It was just. And then when my Valentine's Day didn't go as planned, and I was kind of disappointed last night, I just glanced at my Instagram, and it was just in my face again, like right. guy in tuxedo, girl going mm-hmm. out to dinner. It's mm-hmm. like you're not going to prom. Like it's a Thursday night. Well, and it also puts it also makes people who aren't in a relationship feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Kyle, did you feel like yeah. a failure? I did not. I personally didn't. Good. Um, uh, I'm I'm in no hurry whatsoever to to be in a relationship. I'm graduating in a couple months. You know. So you don't um, want to spawn anytime soon. No, well, <laughs> no uh, let's define spawn and then <laughs> yeah. get back to me. Uh, let's practice. Uh, yeah. yeah, he wants yeah. to practice spawning so that when he wants to spawn, he's good at spawning. Yeah, they say ten thousand hours or anything will make you a pro, and that's the ten thousand hours I would be definitely willing to spend. So are you so. clocking this? Do you have a? Do you, are you, <laughs> do you have a? Do you have a running total somewhere uh, so you know when you get to ten thousand hours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit. He has a time clock next to his bed. Yeah, yeah. And they're, an they're, they're, going. It's, it's pretty skewed though, because they're pretty quick check-ins and check-outs. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's 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 commentate on that a little bit, because we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. What the quick check-ins? Uh, no, okay. not, let's not. So your so your time your time clock has to have a minute hand on it. <laughs> yeah, always no, and, and a second, second hand too. Second hand. So <laughs> let's not give me way too much credit here. Let's not let's not go too deep into my physical deficiencies. Don't go too deep into them. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just stay on the surface. <laughs> yeah, there are surface things we can do right. that work really well. But I did go to a singles party last night, and uh, although it was kind of a bust, uh, I I. <laughs> bust I wish Jeff I wish Jeff was still here. <laughs> um, Although it was uh, not as fun as I expected it to be, there were a lot of people that were like moping and, and using mm-hmm. it as an excuse to have this self pity, like, oh, forever alone. I'm sure they were glad you came, though. Yeah, me too. To the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was fun. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You, you wouldn't tell me. You wouldn't let me come to the singles party. Well, you're not, oh, you're not single. single. I know, but he wouldn't even tell me where it was or whose party it was. Yeah, man, I took a blood oath to see. I know it was really ticking me off, man. I wanted to. I just wanted to know who was having a singles party. Yeah. Not you. I, I, not you, man. You were out. Dude. We, we, you're out in the in the heart shaped world of materialistic BS, man. You thought your girlfriend was mad for you sleeping in this morning. If you'd gone to that party, you would have been in really big. <laughs> if yeah. I went to the singles party without her, well, I was no, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And I, I did buy into the materialistic BS a little bit, but I supported a local flower shop. Yeah, in these times of a where, tough economy, you know. Where I will Very give good. you credit. Well, I will give you credit once again. Is that you made something? I made my you, own card. You, you bought some stuff, but you at least made something. And that, gosh, gosh, someone could. Through, throw some Elmer's glue on a piece of construction paper and throw Fruit Loops at it, and I would like cherish that more than a box of chocolates. Yeah, you know, like just to take some effort. As so long as the glue is edible, so the Fruit Loops are edible. Yeah, that's right. So I'd pick them off. And I don't know. It's them. abstract. I gotta leave that up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait. So did you have a good Valentine's Day, Kathy? Did you do anything, or was it just uh, another Thursday? Uh, I I did uh, the Cesar Chavez Cultural Center does cupcakes and conversation every Valentine's Day, and so I went and talked about sex. Nice. <laughs> and we know you're good so at that. It was fairly appropriate. That's, That's awesome. Good. Um, you know, one thing that I was actually disappointed that I couldn't find yesterday. I didn't. Uh, granted, I didn't look very hard, but uh, I was hoping there was going to be like a speed dating thing somewhere. Oh, that would be great. Be a great idea because yeah. I think there's a lot of single people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, maybe in the in the MU or uh, in, in the ballroom. There's tons of room down there. 
I just think that speed dating would be really fun. Uh, and even not on Valentine's Day, just on a Saturday, I think there should be a place that... They should do that here on campus because there's a, there's a company called... There's a speed dating company online, mm -hmm. and they host events in Portland, Eugene, and Salem. Mm -hmm. um, and... They and it's the they go to some bar, and it's set for a certain age group. Um, but even college students sometimes find a difficult time finding someone to date. And so I, I think sometimes speed dating doesn't occur on a campus where you've got you know twenty five thousand young adults. Right. But maybe that makes it too hard. Yeah. Maybe there are too many choices. Mm -hmm. The thing I like about that is that speed dating really should just be for fun. <laughs> just to have access to people you maybe wouldn't have access to. And Valentine's Day, whether you're a couple or single, should really just be for fun. Yeah, exactly. And well, one thing that I really like about speed dating is, um, as you know, as, as much as uh, some people flourish in this in this aspect of life, it, it's rather intimidating t going up to somebody and trying to talk to them mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to find some common ground, as uh, the youth of today might call it, spit some game. Um, it's really it's really hard to, to get to know somebody to make that initial approach and if you're speed dating then you both have a reason to be there right you both know what you're doing there and it kind of it, it, I think it takes a sense of awkwardness out of meeting somebody it does and we also live still unfortunately in a very gendered society where the burden of approaching someone is on you not mm -hmm. on me exactly um, and so and I think that there's a there are a lot of women who will say oh I don't want to ask a guy out what if he says no and my response is that's every guy yeah, how do you think he Feels, you nightmarish know? reality yeah is every time he goes up to ask somebody out what if she says no the other thing I like about speed dating is I'm a strong proponent of chemistry mm -hmm. I think that you can't avoid but really sort of um, have an instinctual chemistry for the person or not and mm -hmm. and you have to go with that if you're seeing somebody for three minutes it's really just about chemistry it's right. not about what you know about them it's not about their their talents or their conversational style it's mm -hmm. purely <coughs> chemistry it's not about their resume <laughs> not about their resume <laughs> not about their resume that's right and sometimes i wish it was because i feel like i have a good resume and uh i wouldn't mind handing it out to so if i was single i would <laughs> You know, I wish it was appropriate to carry it around and be like, hey. Hey, Alex. Check, check me out. Yeah, check me out. If, if you're interested, my number's on there. Call me. But no, that's frowned upon in our society, too. So We, we were talking, and I, I teach an advanced families class, and we were talking about how dating now almost seems like you need to ask for a Carfax. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Give me a history report. To come with, yeah, I want your history report. Whatever computer. Who's kicked your tires? Yeah, no, whatever computer programmer and... Um, social media guru team up to create the online dating Carfax. They're going to make a lot of money. Isn't that a great idea? Oh, yeah. it's No, it's great. Uh, it'd be very personal. Um, and I know a lot of people wouldn't like it, but I feel like with how much information and such a lack of privacy that's on the internet these days, we're headed in that direction. Right. We're definitely right. headed. I would not be surprised if we saw that in the next 10 years. You could and, type someone's name in. and. Well, I think it would also set a standard, too, because I think initially what you want is everyone to be totally clean of everything not really positive and the reality is you're going to find very few people that have a perfectly clean Carfax. See, I think that I completely agree. I completely agree with you 100% Kathy, but I think that as you age and I guess the word I'm looking for is as you mature is that you you really learn to appreciate the negative side cuz right. I, I mean I think about it more often now than when I did in high school, but I would not want a perfect relationship. It would be boring. It right. would be nice. I mean, it would be, I guess, Comfort. theoretically enjoyable and comforting, <clears throat> but it would be really boring. And I right. think that would lead it to just shamble. Right. To just well, crumble, the other thing apart. is that, you know, I've dated plenty of people who look great on paper, but you don't have that 
thing, that certain something that you, right. you know, and I call that chemistry. Yeah. You know, you well, and I think, well, and I think what it really is, is how you interact. Like, mm -hmm. like you could take this person on paper and this person on paper and say, ooh, you put them together and that's phenomenal. But if they don't have the interaction of the two people. No, totally. I think I, cause I know, I think in my current relationship on paper, we don't really look like a couple. I mean, I don't know. No, if we, go together. Well, I mean, we have a lot of different interests. Yeah, your only similarity, I, I think, besides college student and 21 is Greek life. Yeah. And you're both heterosexual. Yes. Yeah. And yes, that's, of course. And that, yeah. Outside of that, though. And I mean, Caucasian. Yeah. And. Okay, yeah, all the like. <laughs> I think you're both 5'10. We fall into the same demographic, but outside of that. Right, you know, outside of that. Um, currently. We have a question from the audience. Uh, very far, very far. My my current girlfriend was born in France, and I'm from Southern California. So, so I mean, in the same we're in the same population: college students, heterosexual, Caucasian. Even though they were oceans apart, they still <laughs> they eventually still became found one. Each other. She could read his mind from across the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, that could be like our a, psychic girlfriend movie. It's like a French Pocahontas. Movie. Yeah, there you go. I like that. In a foreign land. <laughs> and I'm John Smith. What's his yeah. name? Yeah, well, you know what the messed up part about it is, is that in that movie, Pocahontas is, I think, like a teenager, like 12 or 13, and, and John Smith or John Ed Edward or whatever his name was, this was like 38, 39. Different time, different era. Yeah. You know. Still creepy. Still yeah. Cre still <laughs> different creepy. era, still creepy, still Pocahontas. Creepy. Leave it to Kyle to bring the creepy in. <laughs> well, well, I'm taking this trauma class. We were talking about yeah, pedophilia. I brought up Pocahontas. I'm <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, men are biologically, I mean, we talked about this, evolutionarily designed to go for the younger woman. And yeah. you know, back then right. it wasn't, 13 was married, marriageable. I, I thought that biologically and uh, from an evolutionary perspective, men looked for women with larger hips. I and thought, larger breasts. Because, well, I thought that was just the hips because of the childbearing thing. But that's why larger they're looking breasts, for youth. Larger breasts because they can feed the baby. So right. I want an 18-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Easy. I think CHS gets out and about. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I think the funny thing is, is I mean, we, as having grown, grown up in the U.S., think 13 and really anything over 18 is creepy. Um, and in many countries still, men can marry, you know, 25, 30 year old men can marry 13 year old girls. Mm -hmm. So it's also a cultural thing. It so is. So would it be a, more of a positive or a negative if that were allowed in our country? Uh, I think it would be a negative in our country. I think that we already have enough problems when it comes to um, relatively unhealthy sexual relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that would just add to it. Probably, yeah. Well, there's a lot of physical problems that come from women who are uh, giving birth and having sex at, at 14 ages. Yeah, totally, totally. I think it's I think it's a good thing that those uh, laws and social standards those are in place. Boundaries yeah, I think that's a good thing in this country. And you know, I've never been. I, what what parts of the world is? I know that it is like you said in certain parts of the world. But what parts of the world uh, is that? Some countries in the Middle East. Middle East, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. pati particularly where polygamy is still legal. Okay. In tribal yeah. societies. Yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But yeah, back to what we were saying before, I do think like it's a good thing that you even though I said I want to go to a party and hand out my resume if I was <laughs> single, you know, I think it's a good thing that you that we don't do that because so much of our relationship is not on paper and it's not like Oh, oh, he likes this movie, I like that movie, and we both like the same kind of food and the same kind of music, 
and we both have similar career paths, we would totally be a good couple. But like a lot of times that just doesn't work out just because you look good on paper, like you said, doesn't mean you're going to have that chemistry. So, And I think that's something I'm experiencing firsthand, and you said you experienced firsthand. So, you know, the resume, you might have a good resume, but... Well, how so do you write down on your resume your core value systems? Exactly, exactly. And um, can you develop that chemistry over a period of time, or do you think that's more of an initial thing? You know, I heard this really funny thing on the radio recently that when they were talking about uh, pheromones. Oh, yeah. You know, chemistry, pheromones are a big part of chemistry, right? And I heard this really funny thing this guy said. Pheromones are, are nature's way of, of telling you that it, if you don't like their pheromones, you're going to have a mutated child. Mm. <laughs> so like your partner's B.O. Because there is, there is research that suggests that mm -hmm. you, you would never want to have sex with someone who you were blood related to because your pheromones don't match up and it's nature's way of saying you're that that won't work that is interesting so because i'm, I'm in the language i'm iffy on the whole pheromones thing um does my attraction to my current girlfriend come from pheromones? I mean, is that... Some of it. In part. In part. Not all of it. I mean, it's all one big, huge puzzle of yeah. why we connect with other people. But that's a part now, of it. Now, what's that... Um, gosh, what is it? Like the histocompatibility complex? Uh, histocompatibility complex. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. I was that that's like a big thing about if your immune systems right. are going right. to right. match up and create right. a strong immune system, right? But a birth control throws that whole thing it off, does. I it was reading. It throws the whole thing off. So I think that's yeah. really interesting in a college perspective where a lot of women are on birth control. Yeah. And it's a huge part of just, you know, just young women in general yeah. are on birth control, yeah. which yeah. is Most a good thing. Most young women, the number one method of contraception for young women is hormone-based contraceptives. And so that... And so that throws off, off the whole histocompatibility when we complex. Pick a partner. What? It, can you explain <laughs> to me what that complex is? Uh, I think maybe one of these two would be better qualified. <laughs> Very briefly, but sure, it has yeah. to do with your immune system. And the tests that they've done is that women are most attracted to men whose HMCs are very different than themselves so that when they mate, their offspring has a very complex immune system and a higher chance of survival. Can fight a wider variety of viruses right. and bacteria. Right. And, and, and women, and, and so women, when exposed to a man's pheromones, will either be attracted to him or not attracted to him, and we find that the base of that is very different um, MHCs. Okay, so, that make sense? so if you could give advice to... That's why you're not attracted pheromonally to your blood relatives. Right. Okay, okay. So for myself, who's single, and I'm looking to mingle, as they call it, uh, would you recommend that I go to class kind of smelly, you know, to really get my <laughs> get the scent out, out there? there and, well, really and, and then the first question you have to ask all the women that you meet, if you're interested in them, is um, if they are on hormone-based contraception, they need to go off it so you see if you if they like you or not. Mm, now, how do I, That's a hard I know, how do I That's shift a hard that one. into a really <laughs> sexy pickup line? <laughs> That's going to be a hey, tough Hey, baby, one. you on birth control? <laughs> I don't oh, know where that's going. They, hey. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Yes. Yeah, I think that's really. You can really bring one of those little portable fans with you and go like this. <laughs> yeah. Hold your arm up and put the fan under it. <laughs> Blow your pheromones on me. <laughs> see if it, see what happens. Yeah, no, that's just really interesting because, like you said, yeah, hormonal-based contraception is the, is the primary thing young women use. And so it's like you could be in a relationship in college and 
the the woman could be on birth control the whole time. Mm-hmm. Then you decide to get married. She goes off birth control, and you're like, oh my gosh, we don't have anything in common. Like I hate this person. Is that how <laughs> is that how quickly it shifts? Or is I, it? I would say no, only because like both of us said, your attract your your compatibility, your long term compatibility it's more than just with someone. It's way more than just that. Mm. That helps. That uh, and it's like unlikely that 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 incompatibility would be so profound. Yeah, that, that sounds like the next Nicholas Sparks book, man. That's going to be some sort of like made-for-TV movie. Yeah, something with some kind of histocompatibility complex pun. With, Love in the yeah, age of histocompatibility. Yeah. With Channing Tatum and Kate Winslet. Ooh, I like that. Um, that's interesting. This is all This is all extremely interesting. What, what, like, what is, what exactly, pheromones is just your natural smell, right? Yeah, it's your chemistry. Something, something based in your own organic chemistry. Hmm. Okay. Because I've seen like pop-up ads on the internet, like want to attract women, like twenty bucks, like <laughs> yeah, crazy no. animal no. pheromones that'll right. get the women horny. I want to get actually both your takes on this. Obviously, I was listening to Pandora radio station, the internet radio station, uh-huh. yesterday, and this they, they have these ads, and this ad came on. Uh, for this guy that um, is selling this attraction formula, it's just a book, right? On like how to date and how to talk to women and how to not be, you know, scared or get butterflies or whatever. And uh, I went to the website and I listened to it. It was probably about a 45-minute pitch. It was, I was like, is this ever going to end? There was no like, <laughs> it was just like a kind of a slideshow kind of thing. And uh, it was extremely convincing. Extremely, co- I, I almost bought it. I almost bought the this book. That, yeah. And I don't even know if it would benefit me that much. Do you guys think that there there is such a help out there for people to to just read a book and be able to magically talk to women or vice versa? Well, I think that, like you said earlier, you you're really putting yourself out there when you go and talk to a woman, and so maybe you have more confidence than a lot of men Mm -hmm. and so it may help them particularly if they're sort of socially awkward Mm -hmm. like think about i mean i know it may have been sort of a silly movie but i kind of liked it the movie hitch Mm -hmm. that's what he did is he helped men get what he would say is i help men get out of their own way did you ever see the movie it's a chick flick i never saw it but he came and spoke at osu yeah i I saw him him oh really yeah he came and spoke like two years ago and he made me feel really confident about myself right and that's dynamic about everything and the guy and in the movie what he said was i help men get out of their own way yeah yeah and be who they are and be confident in who they are well and that maybe that's what this book is this is well and to learn how to take your own strengths and turn those into something that'll be attracted to somebody else rather than right the people who say this is the list of rules right mm-hmm. and and if you can't follow the rules you're not going to get someone you you, you want to be able you don't want to meet somebody with the wrong with as someone you're not truly are you want to take your right. own true core self and turn that into something confident and and strong and and attracted to other people right one thing that I think is really interesting that you said about um, people who, you know, maybe are a little bit more shy or have a harder time talking to, to women or, or, you know, vice versa, is um, people stem this, like, low self-confidence, this, this um, you know, really insecurity from these uh, societal stigmas, these, mm-hmm. these things that we, in my opinion, because I've been kind of studying this in, in a few of my psychology classes, is it doesn't actually exist. It's pluralistic ignorance. It's these people that think that 
because you're in this in-group, which I guess we'll just call humanity at this point, that we have to uh, we have to follow these dating regiments, and it has to be like right. this, it has to be like that. When in all reality, it, there's no one really telling you or governing you that saying that you have to do it that way. Right. And I just think it's really interesting that a lot of people um, just belittle themselves and get really down on themselves because. I guess in social standards, they're they're not a Casanova or a smooth right. talker or something right. like that. You know? Well, and I talk about in my class, I talk about sexual scripts and the who is supposed to be having sex with whom. And if you look in the media, the only people who it's appropriate to be having sex and to be attracted to other people and have people attracted to them are young, heterosexual, physically fit, very attractive, able-bodied people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And if you don't fall in that category... and. <laughs> There are a lot of people that don't fall yeah, in those categories. That then they feel somehow that they're not good enough to attract a mate, and sometimes they even feel they're not good enough to have sexual desire in themselves. Like they feel guilty about wanting to have a sexual relationship because they're not worthy of it. And that just ripples into a, a, a into a, a multitude of things, and that being uh, you know establishing eating disorders or. Uh, you know, even settling people who, mm -hmm. who just settle because they think this is the best I'm ever going to get, and I, I think that also just stems from a physical standpoint. Like you said, there's just this, this, uh, this level of um, really, for most, impossible a standard of beauty that is not achievable. Exactly, absolutely you not. Couldn't achievable. put it better myself. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I'm sure you are aware of the killing, killing us softly videos. So there's a woman named uh, Jean Kilborn, and she makes there's three or four of them right now, Killing Us Softly, and it's about how media image, particularly of women, is so unrealistic and how that affects the average woman's self-worth mm -hmm. and self-image. Yeah, I mean... Most of us are average. Yeah, yeah totally. The majority of, of, of women are average. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an average, right? Right. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> there was this great TED Talks video. I can't remember what her name is. But you know TED Talks? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there's this great TED Talks video. It's only about 15 minutes long, and she's a supermodel. And she comes on and talks about how she ended up here simply because she was genetically predispositioned to do this perfect life. And so, but what's cool about it is she shows four photos of photo sh days where she did a photo shoot. And then another point in that day way before or after the photo shoot and she it doesn't even look like the same she just person. looks like an average she just everyday looks like person. The average person. Yeah. there's this great youtube video of uh, a time-lapse video and i i show it in a couple of my classes this time-lapse video of a woman who comes for a modeling shoot and it starts with her looking she's I've seen a it. pretty girl oh i think yeah, i've seen this one too awesome. pretty girl and they they change her entire appearance with her hair and her makeup and everything and then they time lapse and then they do the the uh What's the digital airbrushing yeah, digital ish? Yeah, yeah the Photoshop. They, they digitize they her, face her face and, and, yeah, and yeah. Put dimples in her. And, and her whole bone structure is different. different. Well, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just, when I go out and I tell my girl, I'm not some hippie, grow out your armpits, eat granola all the time person, but I honestly prefer <laughs> a woman with less makeup. Like, I just. Yeah, I tell this to my girlfriend all the time when she gets ready to go out, you know, and she puts on a lot of makeup. It's like, I just, you know, you're pretty underneath. Like, I know that beauty's, beauty's more than skin deep, but there's like. There's beauty on the surface, too, that that's a lot of times why you're initially right. attracted to right. someone. Right. And it's like, I like you because I thought you were beautiful on, at the start. That's why, you know, I got to know you, and now we're dating, and I really like you, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, you, I don't know, just I see so many, so many women, like, taking so much time. And, and that's just par for the course at our age on a college campus. But it's like taking so much time to get doctored up because, you know, they have these standards of beauty. And I'm not 
trying to sound sexist, but I don't like watching television with large groups of women sometimes because, you know, if I watch The, ba the Bachelor's an extreme example, but <laughs> I watch a lot of these television shows and the, and the, the girls I'm watching with are getting so down on themselves mm -hmm. and, and talking so much about like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful or look at her, she's so perfect. It's or like, really catty and putting the women down yeah. so that they, they can exactly. feel acceptable. Yeah, no, it's hard to watch basically anything on MTV with a group of <laughs> two or more women because it's just they... It's just hard for me to, because I hate MTV shows to begin with, but it just gets, oh, I don't even know. You have to remember that, you know, when you get in a relationship with someone, you also have to wake up in the morning, right? Yeah. And, and what you look like first thing in the morning is pretty indicative of what you, you I, look I knew like. a woman once who, young woman, she was 22 or 23, and when she started sleeping overnight at her boyfriend's house, she would set her alarm way before his, and she would get up and go put her makeup on and then get back in bed. That's wow. No, see, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely absurd. No, see, I know. I prefer she would not let him see her without makeup on. I prefer the way my girlfriend looks in the morning to, when, to at night it's when natural. she's all done up. I just like natural. I mean, yeah, I do prefer it if a woman shaves her armpits, but like, <laughs> I just like all, I like for the most part natural. Natural yeah, see, beauty. now you know you're not a granola head. You <laughs> wanted to shave her armpit. Well, a little armpit hair is okay. <laughs> a little armpit hair is okay. Well, there's a lot of women having breast implants, too, but the majority of men, if you ask them, they like curvier, more natural-looking women than the women with the melon breasts. Right. Totally, yeah. I don't need two giant balloons in my face. Like, I prefer... They don't move. Yeah, no, I prefer <laughs> natural women. I mean, maybe... Yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe, maybe, and Kyle, I know you agree with me on most of this. Completely, 100%. Perhaps we're the outliers, but I don't want a porn star body. That's just something that is just like thrown in your face all day on television and the media. But I think at the end of the day, the actresses and actors that are the most beautiful are the ones who are kind of more everyday looking right. people. And it's interesting when you look at the what women find attractive in other women, it's very different than what men find attractive in women. Men find attractive more the curvier woman and women like the lollipop girls, right? The, the ones with the stick figures and the the very life figure and, and it's not what men want to appreciate. Right. Right. But uh, I feel like a lot of times women like that figure because they think that's what the men want because that's what they see on television all right. And they never ask. Exactly. I've actually uh they never ask men what they want. That triggers me what uh, to remember what one of our uh, all time listeners Gavin Daly told me uh, a couple days ago and he said girls don't really get dolled up for guys uh, you know during the day like in the morning they yeah. get dolled up for other, for other girls. Women. Yeah, no like guys really get, you know they, when they, when they put, Yeah when they put when guys put I mean, at least heterosexual guys, when they put um, time and effort into what they look like, maybe they shave mm -hmm. or, you know, put on a nice polo or something, nice jeans. They do it because they want to be appealing to women. Yeah, totally. You know, that's what right. I say in my classes, that the pressures that women feel are so much higher than men feel because we are dressing up for 100% of the population rather than 50% of the population. Right. No, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, you are. Um... Well, I think we're just about to wrap things up. Ladies, if you're listening, leave the makeup off tonight. Go yeah. out all natural. You know, uh, actually, one, one final note on, on uh, you know, you saying, you know, you have to wake up next to somebody in the morning and stuff like that. I think it's a good sign that you think you find uh, attractiveness and sexiness in your significant other's um, look in the morning. And that morning breath. If you can stand that morning <laughs> breath, you know that you're destined for something great. <laughs> Um, love the I love the morning breath. Yeah, <laughs> and if you and if you can't stand the morning breath, yeah. use Listerine. Yeah, <laughs> have a stink, stinky after. I don't know. Um, 
But uh, thank you, Misha, Cloronimos, and Kathy Greaves for you joining us for a little bit. Um, very insightful. Very yeah. insightful. We try. Yeah. Do you guys have any closing statements or anything that you'd like to add before we sign off? Everyone who has a significant other that they love, show your love the other 364 days. Or 366 if it's leap year. 366. Ditto well, 365 if it's leap year. My bad. <laughs> Ditto that and check your expectations at the door and ask for what you want. Yeah. Alex? I hate Valentine's Day. Good. It's it's yesterday. I know. <laughs> you don't have to do this yeah, again. Man, I've got a hangover here. from you're, it. Not literally, but... You're dwelling. I'm dwelling. I'm dwelling. I need to break free. Yeah. You're brooding. Well, you have 364 more Day, days, days to, to get, to get, get it over together. it. And yeah. if you're still dwelling at that point... <laughs> we can't help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you all for joining... Thank you to everyone who joined us uh, live in the quad. Um, came by. Megan Miller, Angus Brandt, Jeff Hale, uh, Matthew... Sh Oh, I didn't, I didn't know if he was still behind me. Uh, I wish we could have got you. We'll get you on next oh, week or the next Oh, time. yeah, I want to interrupt you really quick. Shout out, if you're still listening to KBVR, keep listening. In about 15 minutes, we're going to go live with Against the Spread Sports Talk Radio, the college gold standard in sports talk radio. That's going to come to you live in about 15 minutes. Um, yep, great great show. Yeah, you used to be on it. Used to be on it. You quit. I, I've resigned. Um, That's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, resigning is it's just a it's a nice way to put it. It's a, way way it's a more say. professional way to put yes. it. Um, you quit McDonald's, you resign from. Yeah, other it's jobs. it's got a. Yeah. Well, this um, suits you. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, everyone for listening, tuning in. Uh, the tweets uh, we didn't get any calls, I don't think, or else they would have been patched through. Uh, and thanks for everyone who made this possible. The second edition of uh, live quit playing games in the quad. Um, this is DJ Heartbreaker and. Alex Hambone signing off, telling you to spread love, embrace controversy, and go do something nice. It's sunny outside. It's beautiful. Peace. Well, this is Yoya, and uh, we're talking to you on KBVR Corvallis 88.7. Want to find out which cosmetic and household product manufacturers are subjecting animals in laboratories to cruel, unnecessary experimentation? And what actions you can take?